a couple days ago, I watched Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. It was a movie that I absolutely hated in every respect. After a lot of thought, I am prepared to say that it is the single worst movie I've ever seen. It's received a 56 or something on Rotten Tomatoes, and that's nothing short of a, a miracle. I'm sure that all these people uh, are, are lying because anyone with half a brain would easily acknowledge that this movie was stupid and empty and garbage. I mean, I don't even know where to start. I don't know how to begin to dissect this. Every aspect of a movie that you could like was terrible. I mean, how do I... Let's, let's talk about the opening credits. And by the way, there are going to be a ton of spoilers here. Um, right off the bat, the, the crawler, the classic Star Wars crawler that, that fills audiences with anticipation and excitement seemed like it was a parody. I mean, it, was this... Am I watching Blue Harvest? Am I watching Robot Chicken? No. This is legitimate Star Wars. And they mentioned Emperor Palpatine. They say that Emperor Palpatine is back. Now, we all know Emperor Palpatine died. If Emperor Palpatine isn't dead, then anything is possible. Then we're watching Harry Potter. Unfortunately, he's very much alive somehow. And by the way, the movie never addresses this. I don't think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think the movie ever explains why Palpatine is back. Which, which really adds a lot of weight to the theory that when, when Episode 8 finishes, when I don't know if they're calling it episodes anymore. That's just how I refer to them. Return, what is it? Return of the Jedi. When that finishes, you know, J.J. Abrams does not collaborate at all with Ryan Johnson. He's doing his own thing. And in fact, there was definitely no screenplay when that stuff finishes. I mean, they kill off Snoke. And then J.J. Abrams says, okay, what do I do next? Palpatine? Is that the best you can do? So Palpatine's back. And that's weird. That throws you off right away. You're immediately like laughing at yourself. Um, and... I mean, it just gets worse from there. First of all, the Force has been abused to no end in this film. The Force, Yoda was good at the Force. I think he was probably the most Force-adept individual in the first six movies. And the Ray just blows him out of the water ten times over. And that's been happening in other movies. And then Palpatine at the end does something so ridiculous with the Force um, that all rules go right out the window and... Everything is pointless. So at the end of the movie, you have this scene that's from... Uh, it's, it's a direct copy of Return of the Jedi. And by the way, there are so many scenes in this movie that are direct copies of earlier scenes and earlier movies. It's not just the plot arc that's the same. There are literal copies of scenes in previous movies to fill space. But at the end of the movie, after looking up at the rebel attack against the Imperial ships... And saying to our protagonists that there's no chance, that everything's over, and that they're doomed. A direct copy of the, the, the scene in the Death Star in Episode 6. He shoots a light. I don't know when this happens. Maybe it's slightly after that scene. He just starts shooting lightnings out of his fingers from the, from the planet where he is. Up into the sky. And destroys what seems to be the entire Rebel fleet in a ridiculous turn of events. And then you're like, why does anyone fight over anything? Why is anyone exerting any effort if they're not Force-sensitive when someone who is Force-sensitive can do something a million times more powerful than what you just did? And it's just a complete suspension of... You know, it requires a complete suspension of your, your brain and rational thinking to accept 
I mean, the Force was cool. It was like a little bit of a power-up, and now it's just, you know, my lightning can defeat your entire army. And let's talk about those rebel ships that were in the air for those of you who watched the movie. So there's this point in the movie where some guy, some random rebel fighter says, all right, maybe it's called resistance now. I don't know, but it's the exact same thing. That's another thing that frustrates me. This movie is just the exact same thing as previous movies, except you hate all the characters. And so this guy, he says, well, there's too many of them. It's overwhelming. We can't. We're done. And then Lando says, Lando, by the way, why is Lando in this? You know, they call up Billy D. Williams and they say, hey, we we need more money. So we're willing to trot you out for a few lines to get, I don't know. I don't know why he's there. Just like every other character, he serves no purpose. And, you know, he says on the microphone, but there's more of us. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere... Millions, just thousands and thousands, I wouldn't say millions, but thousands and thousands of ships come out, and apparently they're all part of the Rebel Alliance. They're all just people who are so frustrated with the final order, which is extremely silly. You know, you have the first order, which you're supposed to fear above all other things, and then the final order comes out. Like, that's that's what you're really supposed to fear. Everything else before was stupid. Um, all these ships come out, and you're just supposed to to love that even though it makes absolutely no sense. And just like every other thing in the movie, there is no explanation. I see, this is the thing. Like I want to be able to linearly go through the movie and talk about what I like and what I didn't like, but it was all just so bad. Like I said, the worst movie I've ever seen. I don't know how to do that. Can I talk about something else that's completely ridiculous, completely off the walls? So there's this Nazi-like imperial figure. I forget his name. I should have looked it up before. He's this blonde guy. He's got this crisp, piercing voice. And he was a big antagonist in the in the first two movies. In fact, there's this scene. It was in the trailer. It was in, it was in The Force Awakens. It was a great scene where you have so many of these First Order stormtroopers out in a great parade field and up on a podium, sort of, is this imperial officer this first order officer that we're talking about right now in this movie um and he's he's talking about the power of the first order and then he blows up a planet and it's badass and this movie it turns out he's just a spy he's a spy for the first order and it's a cool twist until you he starts opening his mouth and he says i don't like you guys i just hate kylo ren and you're like okay that's weird so what else are we gonna learn about you and it turns out we don't learn anything because he's shot immediately and killed and serves no purpose for the rest of the movie. You know, this is just like Snoke dying in the previous episode. It makes no sense at all. And you're like, wait, there must be more. And there just isn't. It's everyone's mouth at this point should have been open in disbelief. But instead, critics give it 56% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like 56% of people had a positive impression of this movie. That's insane. That can't be possible. I think there's some paying off going on. I think some people's money is going into these critics' pockets to compensate them for their good reviews. This is a big conspiracy because this movie is absolute trash. I'd like to learn more about this industry, frankly, because it just makes no sense. And this is supposed to be the capstone, the thing that ties it all together. But here's the thing. These movie makers aren't artists. These movie makers are... They're, basically, they're not trying to make the best possible story. They're trying to make the most money possible. 
You know, that's why they bring out this new green robot. For those of you who haven't seen the movie, we have R2-D2 and C-3PO, of course. We have BB-8. And then we have this new green robot who's weirdly introduced. And I think it would normally be cool, but it's just an example of how that character, like all of the other characters in the movie, are just there for so little time that you can't really appreciate them. I will say Rey and Kylo Ren you could sort of appreciate. But even the resolution with Kylo Ren is just so weird. So Kylo Ren becomes a Jedi, kisses Rey, and then just evaporates. What is that supposed to mean? Maybe I'm just not smart enough. I don't understand what that's supposed to indicate at all. And can we talk about the fact that Rey is Palpatine's granddaughter? Does that make any sense to anyone? I mean, not even her daughter. Like, who are her parents? Who did Palpatine sleep with to create some people who created Rey? And, and, and it's not like, I mean, it's basically hearkening back to this idea in the original trilogy this this pattern of, you know, Luke is Darth Vader's father. That was a huge twist. That must have been mind-blowing to see in theaters. Rey being Palpatine's granddaughter. I mean, you didn't even know Palpatine was someone you were supposed to care about until the movie starts. I mean, that just induces laughter. It doesn't... It, it has the opposite effect. I don't know what they were trying to do with that. I mean, it was a twist, but it wasn't a good one. It was, it was, it was silly. I mean, when you're expecting Jar Jar Binks to come out at a certain point, it wouldn't be unrealistic given what you'd already seen. Horses in space. There were horses in space, by the way. On the Imperial Star Destroyers, where did they come from? Where did those Imperial Star Destroyers come from? And then horses trotting across them, wreaking havoc. You're supposed to believe that the horses were effective. Well, it wasn't the horses. It was the people shooting bows and arrows on the horses. It doesn't make any sense. And why is Poe Dameron running spices? Why am I supposed to be appalled by that? You know? Like, what is he, a member of the Dutch East India Company? I don't, I don't think that's a big deal. Are spices illegal drugs? Is everyone appalled that the First Order's, you know, taxes aren't being paid? That he's smuggling drugs from the First Order? Or what, what is this? Nothing's been explained. And I, all the characters are just so underdeveloped. And there's 80 of them. You got Rose. What is Rose doing there? Rose in the last movie, it seemed like she had a hold out. She was important. Turns out not at all. It was like a scavenger hunt too. They're going from planet to planet. There's like six planets in 10 seconds. Absolute garbage. I mean, I hate Star Wars now. And a lot of people, they will talk shit about the prequels. I loved the prequels. The prequels were imaginative. They had that Lucas touch, that George Lucas finesse. These were like Marvel movies. I mean, I'm sure that analogy's been made a ton of times. Obviously, Disney owns both these companies, but it's so damn true. These movies just sucked the life out of the Star Wars universe. And it's a big deal. I mean, I can't imagine. A were there true Star Wars fans working on this? You know, they realized that all that um, expanded universe stuff just goes right out the window the moment that they decide to make this new trilogy. And they said, is it possible that these real true Star Wars fans said, let's throw that out the window. Let's get rid of all of that because it's more important that we tell a good story with these three episodes. I mean, maybe with The Force Awakens, I could buy that, that there were actual Star Wars fans giving their opinion, but I mean, 
these last two movies and this last one especially, the people calling the shots are are nothing short of culture destroyers. And I want to talk. I believe me, I want nothing more than to talk to a Star Wars fan who absolutely loves this movie. You know, we'll do a change my mind. I'll sit here, and he'll tell me why it was good. And if that's the case, maybe you'll go back to enjoying Star Wars. And it's difficult, right? When you're an adult, it is really difficult to appreciate the cheesy dialogue that you find in these Star Wars movies. But I think I think that at least I'd like them to retain a place in my heart. But right now, that's just not happening. It sucks. It was a little bit funny. I mean, there were funny parts. There was this, this the part where C-3PO couldn't reveal his translation of the Sith language. That's weird. I want to get to the bottom of this. So we remember in episode one, The Phantom Menace, Anakin Skywalker created C-3PO. How did he do that? Obviously, Anakin Skywalker didn't know six million languages and have the opportunity to create whatever software allows C-3PO to translate those languages. So there must have been some pre existing uh, software that Anakin Skywalker was able to load onto C-3PO. And that existing software, I mean, according to this episode that's supposed to be in canon, does not allow you, or does not allow the droid, which holds the software, to translate uh, Sith language. Or at least, look, the droid can translate it, which is interesting, right? The droid can translate it, but then he's unable to actually speak it. First of all, what I want to address is that in every Star Wars movie, computing is so far behind 21st century computing. Why is some guy, why is some guy lowering a weird brick into the Millennium Falcon with a secret message on it? Why isn't that going right through the cloud, you know, encrypt it? I, I, it makes no, like, and, it, and that should happen instantaneously, right? There shouldn't be a long loading process for like a kilobyte of data or whatever. There, that, that just makes no sense. But, I mean, it's interesting, right? So why would this software that Anakin Skywalker loaded on to C-3PO not allow for the translation of Sith text? Or what? Okay, here's the question. Why does it allow for the translation of Sith text, but then it doesn't allow for the droid to speak that translation? And, it, and there's no security whatsoever, so the droid immediately tells you Right, C-3PO immediately tells you, hey, I've got this big secret, guys. Who is in charge of making sure that that secure information or that Sith language is kept secure? I mean, a huge, huge plot hole, to be honest. I mean, if we want to talk about plot holes in this movie, it has to be at least like a two out of a hundred for me. But it's not. So I don't even want to get into the plot hole stuff. Um... Metachlorians, right? People don't like Metachlorians. You're talking about the prequels and they thought that Metachlorian stuff was weird. That stuff was awesome compared to what we're dealing with here. I mean, the dyad. What was the dyad between Kylo Ren and Rey? You can say there's a dyad, but you can't just leave it there. Like, how did that happen? That makes no sense. They're not related. There wasn't a backstory. I mean, maybe there are these weird plot holes in the other movies and I'm just too proud to admit it, but I, I don't think so. Well, there's my rant for the day. That's where I'm going to leave it. Please let me know if it's possible that you enjoyed this movie because I would like to hear that. I'd like to get you on the air and we can debate it. But for now, I just want to say thank you for listening to The DC Show. 
Stay tuned for more.